Uh, we've got off to such a great start uh, over the last four weeks, including today, um, into our new teaching series called When People Pray. And uh, the whole teaching series over the eight weeks that will be uh, focused on us is designed to help us to think together, to explore together the, the purpose, the power, and the significance of prayer. We started off um, uh, three weeks back um, or four weeks back um, uh, looking at the incredible story of Cornelius and Peter and all that we could learn, not just from the way they prayed. The text tells us that they pray, that Cornelius prayed regularly, what that means. But alongside of that, we, we were reflecting on the, ultimately the consequences, not just of their prayers, but of their actions. The week after that, we took some time to explore together uh, this guy called Honey the Circle Maker from the Book of Legends. Uh, um, wisdom passed down over the generations through different uh, Jewish rabbis. And and then we, alongside of that, we looked at a passage in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 20, where we see uh, ama the amazing story of Jesus healing uh, two blind men. And then we had, last week, we had our great friend from CFC in Belfast, Paul Reed, and he was teaching into the different variables that we experience in prayer. And uh, he was helping us to explore with him 10, um, um, 10 different reasons from the scriptures why our prayers seem to be answered so arbitrarily at times. If you weren't here, if you didn't get to listen to those talks, I want to encourage you to go back to the podcast, go to the website, and to get caught up. Because I think in, in, in all of those three talks, there's lots of wisdom and lots of great ideas that I think will help us all to grow in our prayer life. Today we're going to follow up um, the reflecting together, the amazing things that can happen when we pray together, but also when we pray for each other. So our plan is to reflect on two different passages, um, the first reading being 2 Timothy 1, which Owen's going to read to us in a second, so if you've got a red Bible, you can grab that, and the second is from Ephesians 5. So Owen, will you read that and we'll yeah. get started? Okay, so if you've got one of the red Bibles, if you, depending on the version you've got, it should be page 1,195. 1,195. Maybe you read your Bible on your phone. Feel free to take that out and to work from that. Second Timothy chapter 1, and we're going to read uh, four verses, verse 3 through till verse 7, which says this. I thank God when, whom I serve as my forefathers did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you. For this reason, I remind you, to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. That's great. I, I just love this passage, and we always have. Um, but as nice as, as it is, and there's parts of it that are super challenging, but let's start with the second half of that opening verse. Um, let's turn, let's, if you've got your Bible open, let's look there together. The NLT reads it like this. Night and day, 
I constantly remember you in my prayers. This brings us back to the Acts chapter 10 story of Cornelius and Peter, where they are, again, they're praying regularly. We see that. And what we, but what we learn here is that Paul prays constantly for other people. Night and day, we're told. Do we? Is this a good description of your or my prayer life? Who are you praying constantly for? Or is that not happening? Who should we be praying night and day for? There's also some lovely stuff in here about Paul's friendship with Timothy alongside of a fascinating reference to legacy and discipleship. In verse 5, Paul highlights that faith, the faith of Timothy's grandmother Lois and mother Eunice, that it has a huge impact on his life. The bottom line being that their faith is now, now fills him. There's been something deposited from Lois and from Eunice into Timothy, and Paul's writing about that. Um, and how could that be? They, they poured it in. They prayed for him. They showed him. They were constantly speaking to him about it. They took what they were learning about faith and being discipled and discipled Timothy in it. They taught him what they were learning, just as Paul had taught them. We, we were interested this week as well, um, as we were reading it going, and this is just an aside, that texts like this really make us our minds boggle as to why the church has held women back from leadership over the years, when clearly Paul has, is saying that he is accepting and celebrating it here, and there's strong evidence of that. This picture of legacy is so important for our thinking as a couple, and it plays a massive part of our vision for St. Catharines. Our dream is to invest into one another, and that that this generation would invest into the next generation and be equipping their kids and that they would be equipping their kids and it would carry on. So that like Psalm 102 says, a people not yet born would live to praise God. One of the other really interesting parts of the text uh, that stood out for us as we prepared and prayed this week is what Paul goes on to say in verses 6 and 7. If you've got the text open in front of you, maybe you can turn there with us. But Paul writes this, fan into flames the spiritual gift God has given you when I laid hands on you. Fan into flames. What, what that gift was, uh, we can't be sure, but we can hazard a guess. With this verse, alongside of another verse like it in verse 4, the picture that we get is that somehow there's been a moment where Paul and the elders of the church have gathered around Timothy with the expressed purpose of blessing him, speaking to his life, prophesying over him, and encouraging him. And this is a moment where God has clearly done something new and unique in the life of Timothy. And I suppose one of the things that you know, kind of dawned on us this week, one of the things that this text is teaching us is that discipleship is not just made up of of what we're being taught by, uh, from the front here at church. It's not just made up of what we're being taught by our parents or our friends either, but alongside of that, and maybe this is the fresh piece that we need to hear today, alongside of that, our discipleship with, will grow and develop from moments just like the one that Paul is talking about here. Moments where God speaks and ministers to us in power in ways that we haven't experienced before. Moments where we actually lay hands on each other 
and we speak into one another's lives words of God's blessing and grace and peace and mercy so that we can know him more in our lives. So here's my first question for you this morning. When's the last time you experienced something like this? I'm not going to ask you to say anything or to turn to the person beside you, so don't, don't worry. There's nothing else coming next. But just be honest with yourself. When's the last time you experienced something like this? When's the last time somebody laid hands on you and prayed for you and blessed you and spoke words of affirmation and the prophetic into your life? When's the last time that you experienced that? As, as we kind of set out these eight weeks and thought about how can we teach into what it means to explore the power and the significance and the purpose of prayer, I've realized that actually I, I left this one out originally. And I kind of went back and I went to God and I went to prayer and I was thinking, gosh, we, I have moved, as a person, I've moved so much from this place that I actually forgot to involve, include it. Whereas when I became a Christian for the first time, 20 or more years ago, prayer ministry, the laying on of hands, speaking prophetically into the lives of other people and having them speak into me, it was like the, it was like the, 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 the launch pad, it was the, the springboard into everything that was happening. And how frightening it is how in such a short space of time I can move to the place where I've forgotten that. And I've really had to go to God and ask him to forgive me for letting that peace go, letting that peace kind of get forgotten on the edge, on the fray, and on the periphery here at church even. That, part, that, that model of laying on of hands, speaking prophetically and doing prayer ministry um, it has, has, was, I suppose, central to the DNA of this church being formed, a church that was essentially born in renewal back in the mid-90s. Sorry, I'm off my notes. Keep going, you're doing good. How are we doing? Sorry. We, 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 we've got a bit of passion there now. Yeah, sorry, love. Sorry, I got passionate there. Don't need to park it. But I suppose we just wanted to encourage all of you, every one of us, to embrace what this text is teaching us. I want, as the pastor, as the pastors of this church, we really want to challenge and invite you to embrace what this text is teaching us as a church. Not just being comfortable with praying with other people, but to become more and more committed to and pursuing what it means to have somebody else pray for you. When's the last time you came and had prayer ministry here at church? When's the last time you had prayer ministry here at church. There's one story I wanted to tell uh, before moving on. In the months leading up to our moving back to um, uh, Dublin uh, from living in the UK for eight, nine years, we found ourselves, I suppose, invited to go to this conference in a place called Cheltenham in England. And uh, there was a lot, going to be a lot of other Christian leaders there. And we were kind of, it wasn't a great time for us. We were a little bit tired. We were trying to process how do we move countries? How do we do this? We were getting quotes for movers. We were kind of up to our eyes. And so we kind of went thinking, we, we've been asked by friends, we'll just go for a couple, of, a couple of hours and then we'll skip back on the motorway back to Worcester. Well, once we got there, the worship was so encouraging. It was just, there was such a tangible presence of, uh, a sense of God's presence. 
And then towards the end of the day, Becky and I decided to do something that we haven't really done very much of, which is that we went forward as a couple together to be prayed for at the same time. We had about three or four, or maybe even five people come. And one, they all said almost the same thing, and they couldn't have known what we were going through and what we were about to do with our lives. But it, they spoke prophetically in ways that were so confirming that we were doing the right thing. And I remember just thinking that filled my tank in a way that actually, when we were praying together as a couple at the time, um, that just wouldn't have been the same. So our prayer at the moment that we're in as a church is that the culture around prayer ministry in St. Catharines would shift again, okay? Our prayer as a couple, as we lead the church, is that the culture around prayer ministry would shift again. And that instead of just seeing prayer ministry as something that happens kind of for the super keynotes, that we all come to the realization that we desperately need what we need moments like what Paul is writing to Timothy about. And instead of seeing prayer ministry as something that you kind of only really do under extreme circumstances, when there's been a crisis or there's a real problem or you're really desperate, that instead of that, we see, we all realize that we, are, we, we need an encounter with God. Prayer ministry is not just a place to go when everything's gone wrong. Have you heard me say that? Hello? Prayer ministry is a place where you can go and meet with God. You can have a friend, somebody maybe you don't know super well, come forward, stand with you, pray for you, and maybe speak something into your life that actually you just can't get to alone or praying with a close friend. I've gone way over all of the things I've planned to say. I'm so, so sorry. So rude. Okay, well, we're gonna, let's, uh, we're gonna turn to um, Ephesians now, to Ephesians 5. Uh, so that it would be 1176. Fifteen to twenty. Okay. So be <clears throat> be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs singing and making music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we wanted to, to look, we're reading this passage because we really want to look at verse 18. Do not be drunk on wine, and this is the NLT version, says because it will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, the word we wanted you to go home with today was this word that Paul uses, fulfilled. Various Greek scholars, when we were looking into it, and Bible commentators point out that it's the Greek, a Greek verb used here is the present imperative. I've been practicing that, the present imperative. That was very good. Thank you. That was very good. Uh, which means that Paul commands us to, when he commands us to be filled, he's not just saying be filled once. One commentator puts it like this. 
The, Paul, the language Paul uses has the connotation of continuous replenishment, an ongoing and repeated filling. Continuous, continuous replenishment. I had to say that a couple of times too. Can you say that? Continuous replenishment? Oh. Yeah. So being filled with the Spirit as a pattern for life, not just a once-off. If there's anything that, we, that you could leave with today, we'd love you to leave with that. That the Father wants us to be continuously filled with the Spirit, not just a once-off. So Paul wants to see it's an important part of God's will for us, and God is saying to us, be filled, be continually filled, keep being filled. I'm trying to, are you getting it into your heads? Um, if you were filled with the Spirit at one time in the past, how about being filled again today? When was the last time that you were filled with the Holy Spirit? Goes with what, what Owen was saying. It's easy to forget. This verse is a really important part of our lives together, to be continuously filled. It's uh, a real passion of ours um, uh, as we lead the church to create a safe place here in St. Catharines where we can all encounter God's presence in, in this way. And whether that's here as we gather on Sundays or as the youth meet on Fridays or as, the, uh, as we meet throughout the week uh, around the city in connect groups, it's our dream that all of us can experience moments like the one that Paul is writing about, where God speaks and ministers into our lives in power, giving us all that we need uh, for all that he's calling us to do. But that we choose this as a church again. We, we, cho we choose it, we deliberately choose to make space and time for the Holy Spirit for us to meet with him, for us to be able to minister to one another and to see where that would lead us. Choose to allow God to refill you, to reconnect us with him and with one another, to refresh us, to recalibrate us. And I suppose over the last four weeks, what we've been learning, and I hope this has been clear in what we've been teaching, when people pray, amazing things can happen. I hope that you've heard that. As we raise our faith together, amazing things can happen when people pray. All I'm wanting to do today, what we're wanting to add to that, is that incredible things can happen when people pray for one another too. Incredible things can happen when people pray for one another too. So what we're going to do now is we're going to do something slightly different. Is Biddy in the room? Biddy, come on out. We are actually going to model what we've been teaching. Okay? So we are actually going to, let's give Biddy a round of applause as she comes. <clears throat> so instead of just teaching this, we want to show you what we mean. You know, what, 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 what you would experience if you went forward for prayer ministry or what you might experience as a trained member of the prayer ministry team as you pray someone. So pray for someone. So it's going to be a refresher for our team and it's going to be a, a reminder to everybody as you take us up, and I'm sure you'll all do this, won't you? As you take us up on this invitation, you know, when's the last time you had somebody 
do prayer ministry with you at church? When's the last time you were filled with the Spirit? We need one another in community uh, as we do that. Okay, Biddy, come on out here. This is the part that we haven't been able to rehearse. We have no idea how this is going to go. And uh, this could... Uh, I'm really excited. So, we've got four different steps. Here they are, um, uh, that we're going we're gonna to make our way through these four steps together. We're gonna, when, when, when we have a time where we're doing prayer ministry for somebody, it essentially, there's so many different things we could say, but essentially we could boil them all down to these four things. There's like an interview, there's a, a moment where you're introducing yourself to them and you're asking, asking them what their name is and all that kind of stuff. And then there's the actual prayer mo- point, there's the assessment, how are things going, and then it's finishing. And sometimes you need to wait and you need to know know if God's still ministering, sometimes it's okay to say, I'm going to move on. Bless you. It's been nice, okay? So there's just some little kind of bits of etiquette that I think will help. Okay, so I'm going to introduce myself to you, Biddy. Hi, I'm Owen. Hi, Owen. Nice to meet you. You never shake people's hands. <laughs> I, was, I was a joke. Um, um, I but fell for that joke. If it's, you know, obviously when you're introdu- introducing yourself to people, sometimes what we're doing today, over the last couple of weeks, we've been modeling some different things in prayer ministry where we've been sending our team out to say hi to different people uh, and to pray with people while they're standing out and not necessarily about what, what it feels like to come forward for prayer ministry. So it's not all always possible to start interviewing somebody when they're sat beside a bunch of people and maybe actually you just pray silently having asked for permission. At this point, it's probably helpful to say for everyone to hear this, our, I suppose, our um, way of doing this in the church is that men pray for men and women pray for women, uh, unless they're one of the pastoral staff in the church and they're paid pastoral staff. But the aim is to ask the person what they want Jesus to do for them and then to take a moment to invite the Holy Spirit to come. So we're going to do that, okay? So I want you all to watch, to stay engaged, see what you can see happening, and uh, we'll go from there. So Biddy... Hold on. Can I interject just for a second too? I think as well, when um, when you're asking, you're listening to the person, but you're also asking God... Is there anything that you want to say? So sometimes a person will say an, a need or um, this is my greatest need and you can listen to that and absolutely pray for it but also ask God is there something else you want to say and you are listening maybe it's a picture that you like an image in your mind's eye maybe it's a um, you're just going to step two we haven't even got past step one. Oh, sorry okay <laughs> oh well, we should pray for her okay? we should pray for her now I'm happy to yeah. hold the mic. And, yeah. Is that okay? So, Betty, is there anything that we could pray for today? Yes, there is. Um, so, I've been um, looking for change in my life, and um, basically, it's it's around how how I look after myself now, um, being a mom, and all all that is that I need to do on a daily basis. So, I'm just I'm struggling mm. with that at times. So, um, I need breakthrough in that um around self-care i also um just just patterns in me that i just want broken okay. um just to break away from them um i'm done um yeah i'm done on lots of levels so yeah i just really really need just some prayer around that please okay cool that'd be great thank great. you great okay so what we're going to do we're just going to uh, if you want to you can be involved so extend your hands we're all going to pray for biddy 
Um, so we're just going to, just for a moment, the temptation is when somebody has said something as vulnerable as that to you, it's just to fill the space with words. That's not the right thing to do at this point, okay? But we're just going to wait and listen and invite the Holy Spirit to come and rest on her. So Lord, we do that. We just pray that you would fill Biddy, that you'd fill her afresh. Maybe at this moment you're prompted just to pray words like, more of what you're doing. Come Holy Spirit. Now sometimes, and this is why it's important, I hope you've heard this, to pray with your eyes open. Because sometimes when the Holy Spirit rests on somebody, they can have a physical reaction to that. Maybe a tremor or some eyelids or fluttering or there's, and, and that's often just a sign. Maybe somebody experiences it as a weight or a, as a warmth or maybe you feel it in your hands. Maybe they feel it on the, the part of your body where their body where your, your hand is. But Lord, we just increase your presence. We pray for more of what you're doing, Spirit of God. So now you can do your step two parts, <laughs> You interrupted my flow. More, Lord. So yeah, at this point, you can, we can just pray Christ exactly what she's said, or we can see, ask God, is there more, or is there something um, else that he, he would like to say to her? It could be like a phrase. It could be a picture in your mind's eye. Um, but what you're, it's always encouraging. Um, it's never... Um, directive or dated or doom, mm. God comes to encourage and to bring life. So if it's not that, don't say it. Now, depending on who it is that, um, it, it's, if you're being the person being prayed for, obviously you're just waiting and it's not your, necessarily your place to start praying now what you've told that you want, you know, what you've said you want prayer for. But as soon as Biddy started to um, share what it is that she uh, wanted prayer for, I had a picture in my mind. I had a picture of her sat down at a table moving pieces on a chessboard. So if I was in a prayer ministry place, I would just, if I felt prompted to share what I, was, what I saw, I'll do that. It's very, very simply, even if it seems like overly simplistic, it's because often when we're obedient and we give something prophetically, more comes when we share it. Does that make sense? Sometimes when you start, the first piece that you get initially is just something small. And then when you're obedient with that and you give that, that image or that word or that phrase, as soon as you start to pray that, more comes. So Lord, thank you for the space that is in, that Biddy's life is in right now. Thank you, God, for... Daniel and Sarah Beth. Thank you, Lord, for the way that you have, in great way, in way that you've turned your, their lives upside down with the arrival of these two beautiful, beautiful children. And Lord, this place that Biddy finds herself in now of just realizing, okay, I need to almost see things in a new way, new patterns. I need to figure out how to move one thing uh, from one place, from where it's been to where it needs to be. Just like those, that image I had, God, of, of, of moving pieces from one place to another on this board, I pray that you show her what they are. 
What is it? What needs to change? What needs to stay the same? And what needs to stop? Lord, I pray that you give her wisdom and courage to know what that is. And the, yeah, the, the, the determination to follow it through. Do you want to pray anything? I'm wishing that I had a lovely word and a picture, but I didn't get anything. Um, So I'm just going to pray from what she said. So God, I thank you for Biddy, and I thank you for um, the opportunity that she has to be a mum. And we just ask that you would give her all of the wisdom that she needs to put the ideas that she has in place. God, I pray that you would change the scripts that she has going on in her mind, that you would just fill her, her thoughts would be fixed on things that are lovely and good and excellent and praiseworthy and of you. Pray that she would find her identity in you mm. and not, not be um, weighing up who she is based on what she's doing. Mm. I pray that you would give her peace as she walks out being a mom. The next step is really just trying to say to the person you're praying for, does that make any sense? Did that help? How are you doing? How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really loved that image of um, the chessboard. I wouldn't have thought of that, but Mm. um, my life is very much a series of moving things around (laughs) Um, and just praying for God's grace in that and direction. Hmm. It's very okay. much around direction, and I really feel that that God is moving those yeah. rather than me on my own moving yeah. those pieces. As yeah, well. that's great. So, yeah, yeah. And that's so that's a helpful di- difference. So you've, uh, you know, I've shared something. I've asked her to give me some feedback as to whether or not that made sense, and actually, it's made even more sense to me having heard her feed it back to me. So there's a sense in which I, I actually hadn't thought of it that way, that actually it's yeah. God moving the pieces around. It's not yeah. her on her own trying to figure that out. And yeah. that's just so much more healthy. Yeah. Um, so where it's appropriate, you might want to maybe ask them to kind of say, okay, Biddy, is there something you want to pray as I stand with you here today based on what it is that you, you've, you've, we, we've just been praying together about? Yeah. Is there something that's in your heart? Yeah. Lord, change this, or Lord, yeah. help me do that. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying you have to do that yeah. now if you want to, yeah. but it's a part of the assessment. Mm-hmm. Is there something that actually you want to put words on? Yeah. Remember we talked last week, um, the, two weeks ago from Matthew 20, Jesus says, you know, what do you want me to do for you? He, he yeah. actually looks to the men to put words mm-hmm. on their desire. Yeah. What is it that you want to change? Yeah, yeah. I think the main thing that's coming to me is I, I'm not... Um, on my own and it's a funny thing to say like when you're married and you have family and friends and all that around you but I'm just honing in on what's going on for me right now so it's I just want to walk walk with God and everything walk with Jesus and everything Holy Spirit that's that's my prayer right now Mm. that when I wake up in the morning whatever's going on my reach out is to God it's not to other things I just want to reach reach out yeah. and be supported, you know, in, yeah. in that. So that's, that's really where my prayer is at right now. Okay. Um, in all of the other pieces that I've prayed for then around the change. Yeah. 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 That's great. So if, 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 if Biddy and I were here praying with Becky together now and none of you were watching, I'd probably pray again now. I'd say, Lord, you know our heart. You know exactly what's going on. You know exactly what she needs. You, yeah. we don't, she doesn't need to explain anything to you. You yeah. know her perfectly. I pray that phrase all the time. 
And then I would just wait again, and I would stand with her. And that's the next piece, I suppose. It's just following up. It's just, do you need to stay with that person and keep praying? Or is it just say, just keep receiving Biddy and move on and you pray for somebody else? Or if you're the person being prayed for, sometimes we think when the person leaves and stops praying for us, that that's it, it's over, we need to move on now. But I wanna encourage you, and this is the, the mind shift around encounter, that actually, if we've gone forward to have somebody stand with us and pray for us, just because they've stopped praying, it doesn't mean that we, we stop meeting with God, okay? Biddy, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you very for much. For letting us do that. Let's, let's give Biddy another round of applause. Okay. So, recapping these, uh, these verses uh, that we've looked at from uh, these two passages today. Uh, as, as, as we see it, they, 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 they show us a number of key things. What the first is, is to help us to realize afresh who are the people we're called to pray for. So Paul says, day and night, I constantly remember you in prayer. Who is God calling you to pray for constantly, day and night? Secondly is... The question, and, and maybe this is a challenge for, for more than just a few people, but where is the place where you're committed to laying hands on people and praying for them? Where do you do that? Where is the place where you're in a, in, in a position where people are laying hands and praying for you? Where does that happen in your life? If what Paul is writing here, that this is a central part to our discipleship, where are you exercising that? Where are you doing that? And then that last piece of what it means to be filled with spirit, continually. Where are you doing that? When are you pursuing that? When was the last time you were filled with the spirit? Let's stand together.